Hey all, Marty here. Welcome back to another Friday Finds. And with me today, I have Lynn. Say hello, Lynn. Hello, Lynn. No. Hi. Hi, everybody. (laughs) (laughs) And with us, we also have Demasi helping us out today. Say hello, Demasi. Hello. So we have a couple stories for you today. So Lynn, why don't you kick us off? Hey, everybody. So I am the bearer of the bad news to begin with here. Last week, we talked about Bookshare raising or raising its membership fee to 80 bucks for those of us who pay out of pocket. And unfortunately, this week, we have another sad tale of something that we're paying for that we didn't used to have to for some people uh, that is so i was looking at the iphone the vi phone it's called vi phone list this is a an email list it's a google i think it's a google list that basically talks about everything ios for blind and visually impaired folks there is an app that we many of us in the blind community know and love and trust. And it is um, called voice stream reader. This app has been around. Oh my gosh. I can't, I'm not exactly sure how long, but it is a quality app. I mean, most people that use this app just love it. We are just, you know, the developer um, is awesome. He really, really, if there's a problem, you could write to him and he would help you right away. His name was Winston Chen. His name is Winston Chen, I should say. Great developer. So it was sort of a shock to a lot of us when we find out that there will now be, that the, the app was so sold to a, a group that I have never heard of, but the applause group, it's called. I don't, I've never heard of that group, but apparently they are taking over the development and the um, everything about Voice Dream Reader. Well, I've never even heard of that group either. Applause group. Yeah. Do you know no. what else they make by chance? Or? I don't. Um, Winston said that he liked the group because he felt that they would continue developing the app, that they would. Um, you know, really do right by it. So if you've already have the app, you're grandfathered in. You don't have to, you wouldn't have to pay. I don't know about upgrades or anything like that. So it's $59.99 is going to be the annual price. Um, So that's, you know, 60 bucks a year is something that sort of shocked me a little bit. Yeah, but that's a in, lot of money. In, 60 bucks a year? Hmm. Yeah. This is one of the higher, most expensive prices I've seen. And, you know, mm. the thing is, once someone kind of goes for something like this and tests the water, then everyone else sort of goes, well, if they're doing it, we can do it. And the thing that makes me nervous is that if everyone starts charging, you know, $50, $60, $70 a month for apps, you know, you're really going to have to decide what apps you absolutely need and what apps you absolutely don't need because you can't just get everything, you know, um, yeah. because people can't afford, uh, if you were to add all that up, just if you're paying for three, four, five apps, 
you know, 60 bucks a year for all of those becomes a lot of money. Demasi, do you use this app for anything? Is this one of your tools you got in your toolbox? I have been a voice stream reader user since it was released and I continue to use it today. Yeah. Um, voice stream reader is very, very heavily used in the education market uh, because of the text-to-speech capabilities, whether it's using a built-in voice or some of the specialized voices. It also will play audio books back, uh, handles DAISY files, EPUBs, docs, plain text, etc. Another uh, wide usage of the application uh, and kind of where Winston was trying to position the app in, in addition to helping those with blind and low vision is people who are dyslexic are also um, very heavy users of the app because of the text highlighting that happens visually and some other features that are in there visually for those people. So very popular app. Mm-hmm. I've been using it and recommending it to people for over 10 years now. Now, my question to you, if the price went up to 60 bucks a year, would you still use it and pay that money to you? Is it that important or would you find something else? So let let me get some clarification here because I may have missed it. Uh, But as far as I know, the cost is just for the Mac application, correct? Or are they also implementing this across the iOS app? It seems to me that it is on the iOS side as well. That's why it was discussed, I guess, on the vi phone list which is basically for ios issues okay because as as it stands right now or at least as it stood before this you know this change was announced is you only paid a subscription for the mac app uh so if you already own the ios app that was free uh so for me like i don't have to pay for the ios access at all i do pay for the mac app i pay a monthly subscription for the mac app primarily because i wanted to support winston because again i bought this app when it was on sale for 4.99 when it first released and this was over 10 years ago i have been getting routine use like this is one of the apps that if it's not on my phone like it it doesn't work right so Giving him four ninety nine a month, I think, is what the subscription currently is on the Mac, was no problem for me. I don't really use the Mac app all that often. I may add things mm-hmm. to it from there, but I still primarily use it on, on my iPhone. Uh, if this change is also going to affect current iOS users, then that's a little bit different of a story. I, I, for me, what I pay 60 bucks a year for, it, I would. Uh, I mean, I don't know if I would pay 60 bucks a year just for the Mac app, but if they're doing a wholesale change where you know, the only way to access the app across platforms is to pay 60 bucks a year, then I, I feel like I'm probably going to end up paying 60 bucks a year because I don't know of another application that is as fully featured as this one is. Like, you know, you can read EPUBs in the Kindle app, but there's no audio books there. Uh, it doesn't do OCR, so that's another feature that's built into Voice Dream Reader is OCR on iOS. So if I drop in a scanned PDF uh, that's instantly OCR, then I can read it. And the handy thing for me with Voice Stream Reader is putting a PDF or EPUB file in and having it play back as though it's an audio book, meaning I can lock my phone, put it in my pocket, and proceed to do dishes mm-hmm. or whatever it is. Yeah, yeah, it's just it just does what it does and does it very, very well. Winston said, and I guess this is something that we all have to get to grips with, that the one-time pricing model it's just not sustainable now if you want an app to grow with the times, change with the different developments in the iOS. And, you know, it's, it's a moving target, a constant moving target. And I guess people have to get paid. So 
scam chat GPT apps are flooding the Mac app store. So I know a lot of us want to get into chat GPT, right? Or AI. A lot of people are saying, how do I, how can I take advantage of this? I keep hearing this on the news now and, you know, how can I get involved? And you just have to be aware that there, um, there are scam apps on the on the Mac store. I'm hoping that Apple uh, gets control of this situation. And probably now that it's been publicized in the media, I think Apple will start really putting the kibosh on these on these scam apps. But they're using, you know, OpenAI and Chat GPT uh, GPT style brands. Uh, branding, you know, on their, on the Mac store. So they're showing the, the logo, the, the OpenAI logo and such. So scammers are, they're abusing the app store. And this is an, an article from the Apple Insider. They're talking about the market, the digital marketplace. They're just flooding the digital marketplace um, with with bogus and uh, buggy chat GPT apps. And some of the scams are like, uh, for example, people will install these apps and you get to a certain point and you have no close button. So is that what are, one of the issues is, is that there's no close button? Yeah, there you you essentially are stuck in an app unless you know how to get out of it. Of course, if you know how to, if you're a you know, seasoned Mac user, you know how to kill an app. But what about the regular command, like a command Q to quit an app? Will that work or that doesn't work either? I have no idea, but they say that there's, you know, there's like, that's one of the things they're doing is they're not putting a close button. Um, Wow. Well, so for those of you who don't know on the Mac platform, if you can't get out of an app, you can always try command Q to quit out of an app. That usually works if it's working correctly. Also, you can go up to the Apple and then go to force quit, and you can force quit an app to close from there. But uh, Demasi, why don't you chime in with how people can stay safe in these kind of situations? So what I would suggest with these apps is you know, first and foremost, like just be mindful that this is happening, that, you know, people are putting fake or scammy chat GPT apps uh, or GPT apps in general in the store. If you are looking for one, uh, first thing I would suggest if you follow any of the, you know, Mac or technology focused blogs that are talking about this, links that they have are probably going to be safe because I would assume in most cases you look at the, I'm thinking of places like the Verge, Mac Stories, uh, 9 to 5 Mac, you know, so on and so forth, the well-known, you know, usual suspects there. They're going to have used the applications and done some investigation before they post it on, you know, their their blog, their, their business site to, you know, recommend it to people or, or share information about it. So trust those types of news sources for those types of apps. Uh, also, if you're just happen to looking around and you don't tend to follow any of those blogs, do a little due, dil- due diligence in the app store yourself. So look at the developer, uh, take a look at the website because, you know, most app developers are going to at least have a single page website up about the app, giving you some information. Uh, I would also look at developers that have been in the store or have more than one app in the store uh, that isn't all about GPT. 
mm-hmm. for places that I would trust, just trying it with, you know, no prior information about it. Um, you know, there's a developer, for example, that I am using a couple of his apps, one or two of which are in the Mac App Store. I didn't get them from the Mac App Store, but one or two of which are in the Mac App Store that are using uh, GPT technologies. And I feel I can trust this person, number one. I read about his first app on a trusted news source. Uh, secondarily, he has several apps out there. There's contact information easily findable if I want to get in touch with him. So those are the sorts of things you want to look for. Like, can you easily get in touch with the person that's making this app? Uh, is there information right out front, or did you have to go, you know, wilding through the depths of the Internet to try to figure out who this company is? If it feels like that, I, I would say give it a pass. Uh, also, the final mm-hmm. thing I'll say is be mindful that GPT access for the API, which is how most of these apps are going to be using it, uh, is not terribly expensive for a single user uh, in the way that most of us would use it. I use it not as much as some, but a lot more than most, and I have a paid account. I've not reached a dollar of usage in the month of April yet, and I've been using it since the beginning of April. So here we are as we sit and record today is April 27th. I have not reached a dollar in usage. So if you're looking at an app and their monthly recurring subscription, there's that word again, is $9.99 for, you know, chat GPT, give it a pass because that's way too much to pay a month for an app. Even with the app developer having to do a little work to create the app and all of that, and you're probably using their API access, nine ninety nine would be a little much. A dollar ninety nine, two ninety nine, you know, again, do your investigation, do your due diligence, but you know, think about the pricing of things as well. Yeah, there's a guy, um, I don't know if you've ever if you guys are familiar, his name is Alex Kleber or Kleber, um, on the dark side of the Mac app store. Um, I think he that was the article that he wrote, but he he was talking about all the, the, you know, the shadiness going on with some of these apps. And of course people are generating reviews like two seconds after they bought the app. So obviously they're just pumping out reviews using uh, chat bots, obviously. Are we going to get side loading on our iPhones? app side loading this is the big rumor it's supposedly coming in 17 ios 17 and apparently apple's going to pick which markets side loading can occur in and they're saying that europe is probably going to be first because uh, europe has a lot of anti-monopoly that's why i think they're saying that what is it the iphone is going to be have the um, USB-C because they're saying you know it's not fair that Apple has this monopoly on the app store and so I think a lot of this is coming from Europe I would agree with you there um, I would say that in the beginning this probably and this is I have no inside knowledge on this I, this is just my own opinion but I think that if they're going to do something like this, they're going to start only in Europe and they're going to see how mm-hmm. it goes. Uh, I think this is something really that's going to be a major under- undertaking. I'd be really curious to see how are they going to still continue to make it safe? How are they going to police it? I mean, as we 
just got done talking about, you know, they're having some issues with their own app store currently. So how are they going to add a side loading app store, keep that safe? So I think that they're going to start off in Europe and see how it goes there if they implement this, if they're actually going to do this. And we'll have to see how that goes. And we'll see if they bring side loading to other countries, U.S. and the like. Um, it'll be interesting, definitely. I definitely want to know and see how they're going to keep track of this, police it, and keep everyone safe, or if it's going to become completely out of control. I don't know. Yeah, uh, it worries me a lot because, you know, there are uh, sort of advantages to the walled garden, right? <laughs> yeah, definitely. Where you can keep things, but although we, we can sideload I on mean, the map. when they're not trimming the weeds back in the walled garden, not so Yeah, much. yeah. So I guess. I mean, just like in the story, we're hearing problems with other apps that they're getting in there and they're getting by the mm -hmm. uh, process. And that's and a consistent problem with Apple. Though. Like, that, the GPT apps are new, but the issue that the underlying issue of, of scam apps or fake apps or pretend apps getting, you know, by app review quite a bit is mm -hmm. not a new story in, in the Apple app store for iOS's community, at least anyway. Uh, nobody pays much attention to the Mac app store um, in, in general, but you see a lot of this in the iOS app store. I mean, oftentimes you go into the app store and you search for an app and by name and you're getting different results at the top versus what you're looking for and sometimes it's even made to look like i mean there's a weather app or there was they probably have gotten rid of it now because it made the news but before apple had their weather app on the ipad there was a weather app that was called weather space and this is what was in the actual text mm -hmm. of the app submission right so it looked exactly like what apple's app would look like before they had one for the ipad it looked just like the you know iphone app just designed for an ipad screen and they were charging like you know i don't remember how much it wasn't a, a ridiculous amount of money but mm -hmm. they were fooling people that this was the apple app though like people would look at that and say oh it looks like the one on my phone i'm going to get that one right not realize yeah. apple's not going to charge you an in-app subscription for weather it's not a thing they do yeah and that's what they're saying about the 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 open ai and chat gpt when you look at some of these apps it looks like it's coming from these this company it's from open ai and that's right. where the problem is. It's not, you know, um, I mean, you the, can sign, you don't really, if you want an, an open AI account, you go on their website and you make one, you know, and then you can do, well, you can do whatever you want with it at that point. You know, it's your login credentials and stuff like that. But yeah, you right. just have to be aware. So, and right. I think Damasi would agree you because Damasi does a security podcast, right? And I think that Mac and iPhone people, we tend to be a little bit more complacent because we think we're safer, right? It's Apple. You know, Apple doesn't have virus programs. Apple doesn't have malware. But when you think about everything that's that's included in your Apple account, your credit cards, your, you know, your whole life, I mean. It comes down to a to a proportion game all right if you only have 10 people using max and two people get a virus well people are going to assume that the max are pretty impervious to viruses right mm -hmm. whereas when you scale from you know 10 people using the mac to a million people and you know 200,000 get a virus that's a much bigger number so you start paying attention there's always been 
malware on the Mac or around the Mac ecosystem. It's just mm-hmm. the smaller it was, the less of an issue it was, especially compared to now compare it to general, you know, malware in the Windows world versus the Mac. It does seem like there's nothing happening over here on the Mac, but there are things going on and there are people actively trying to attack the Mac as well as there are people mm-hmm. trying to defend the Mac. I don't think you need to run out and install any virus on your Mac if you, you know, mm-hmm. don't do silly things on the Internet. But other than that, with the site loading conversation, though, I kind of feel like this. So I've heard some people say they're worried about it. I've heard some people say they don't care. I've heard people say this and that. I, I want to kind of put a little perspective in here, though. First off, even if site loading comes to everybody at some point on iOS, it doesn't mean you have to do it, right? People on Android are, have the capability to side load applications, but first you have to go and enable the functionality, and secondarily you have to actually want to do it. If you don't want to do it, it doesn't affect you. It doesn't weaken your security because the feature is there. Uh, as far as the EU, so the EU has the DMA, the Digital Markets Act, and this is, you know, kind of where they're 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 hitting at, at Apple and, and Google a little bit too. They're they're going after Apple harder because it's a, Apple has made it a little easier for them to say, well, the only way people can get on your your iPhone or your mm-hmm. iPad is to go through your store. We don't like this. We need to, you know, open this up a little bit more, make it more flexible. Um, the rumor currently is that yeah, they're going to turn this on in Europe first because. You know, that law goes into effect in 2024. So they're going to have to do something if that's what they tell them they have to do. I don't I don't think that anybody's told Apple they have to do this. I think they're trying to prepare for it and get ahead of it. Uh, as for, you know, security, the thing is, like, and I don't know that Apple's going to take this approach because they're a very large company with a PR department. So they may not say this the way that I'm going to say this. But if you decide to go turn on a feature in settings to sideload an app, that relieves me of the responsibility of what you sideload. That's not my problem, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And I don't mean that to be, you know, a jerk about it. But right. the facts are, if I have a store, if I'm running Apple and I have an app store and you can go to the app store and download an app or you choose, you make a choice. And I'm not forcing you. Nobody tells you, you know, in order to get uh, Apple Music, you got to go sideload it, right? Like any, just about anything you want is going to be in the App Store. If you want to sideload an app, that is your responsibility. It's the same with the Mac, right? Like I can choose to go through the Mac App Store. I can go to a trusted third-party developer uh, that has their you know app notarized and signed and all of that, so it'll just run. Or I can go outside of those bounds and download somebody's random code off of GitHub and force it to run on my computer. At that point, I have bypassed the protections that were in place for me. So that is completely my responsibility. I think the way that they handle general security for everybody there is kind of the same way they have done it on the Mac, which is there will be the iOS app store, as there always has been. There will be a mechanism, maybe not functionally exactly the same, but basically what we have on the Mac with app notarization and app signing. So, um, my Mac currently, if I download, if I go to Rogue Amoeba's website or if I go to Texas Manor and I download their app from their website because they're not an app store at all, I have no problems running their software because one has been signed with their developer certificate and two, uh, Apple has the notarization, which is, you you know, developer sends their, their third-party app to Apple. Apple scans it for malware and, and, and malicious things and if it passes their tests, 
they sign off on it and, and give it an Apple signature as well. So now you have the developer account certificate and you have Apple certificate saying, yes, we have trusted and verified this, this you know, app runs fine on your stuff. I think that's the way they'll handle it on iOS because it seems to me they already have that mechanism in place uh, with Gatekeeper on the Mac. Like just use that same protocol there to to get that to work for people and again you know just as on the mac you have the ability to stay just in the app store and never download or run anything that's not from the app store if that's what you choose to do uh, i feel yeah. that is going to be the way to handle it on ios for people now if you go out there and you know download somebody's random code and put it on your iphone it's your risk right you did that yeah, especially well, I, now because the the Apple ecosystem now is I mean people are people have savings accounts, right? They have basically banking. I mean, the, the, this is what the malware creators so and virus I, creators I now they just want money. They they used yeah, to be but it was I, I wouldn't panic so much about that part of it though because mm-hmm. the thing is the sandboxing rules on iOS still are going to be in effect. So just because even if I go out and say download an app from a third party, again, assuming nobody does anything silly with a law that forces Apple to do something less secure. Apple's approach is going to be, okay. you can go download an app if it's notarized and signed it'll have no problem running, but it still will have to adhere to the same sandboxing, uh, you know, rules that apply. I mean, we see this on the Mac all the time, right? I can go download uh, Transmit, which is a, 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 a. FTP client, right? doesn't matter what the app does. But I download the app, I open it up, and before I can use this app, I have to give it certain permissions because that is the structure Apple has put in place on the Mac to help protect me. Oh, this app would like to access files in your documents folder. Oh, okay, well, maybe I don't want to give you document folder access, so I say no, right? So it's not the fact that sideloading instantly means the end of the world or the end of your security uh, my biggest concern with it really is that we're going to see a lot of these larger companies start to pull their apps out of the app store because mm-hmm. they will have a little bit more flexibility in what they can do when it comes to tracking your data, tracking you and, um, you know, amortizing your usage of their app to make money. So Facebook is one that comes to mind. I'm not picking on Facebook particularly, right. but Facebook likes to gather, scrape all the data they possibly can. So my concern is that we're going to see people like Meta, pull the Facebook app out of the app store, pull Instagram out of the app store so that they can actually run the code that they typically run on their website or that they would run on Android that gives them a lot more data about you as a user. Apple doesn't let a lot of that stuff through the store for them. So mm-hmm. they step outside of that. Now they, they're they not up under those restrictions. I'm more concerned about people's privacy with the apps that they choose to use because a lot of these bigger companies may move out of the store as opposed to I am about somebody getting a, you know, side loaded application that goes in and, and, and empties their Apple savings account or, mm-hmm. you know, spins up gets their Apple, you know, credit card. Because all of that stuff is still secured the same way it was. Like, you're not going to be able to go through my Apple wallet and yank all my cards out of Apple wallet and get that information because it's encrypted in a way that nothing on the system actually gets to read that data. Uh, you know, same with your fingerprint or face ID information. Like that's not readable by any part of Apple system, including Apple, because uh, it's encrypted. All you get back when you do face ID, for example, is, you know, here's the face I just saw is what the camera says. 
and on the encrypted uh, space side of, of the phone where your that information is stored, it says, mm, yep, that matches what I have, or nope, it doesn't match what I have, don't let them in, right? So I'm not concerned so much about the security as I am about people's general privacy. Right. Uh, because these bigger apps will move out of the store. Because look, if Facebook moves out of the store, people will go get Facebook, right? If, right, exactly. say, a Marco Armand decides he's going to take Overcast out of the store. Well, who's going to care except me, right? I'll probably right. go get it. But most people are going to be like, Psh, man, you know, I'll just use the Apple Podcast app. But Instagram, Facebook, uh, Twitter, you know, they, if they move out of the store, people will have to start sideloading. And that's when I get more concerned about their privacy. All right, everyone. So thanks very much for checking out our Friday finds. And if you have questions, comments, or anything else, you can always reach us at feedback at unmute.show. And I want to thank Demasi for joining us today. Thanks, Demasi. Thank you. And Lynn, thank you. For your assistance. Yeah. Sure, it's been fun. And uh, we'll see you next time.